What's up, family, and welcome to Empower to Excel, a podcast where truth and perspective collide. It's your boy, O. I'm the host, and I invite you to join me for an engaging conversation as me and my guests give you tools and insight for you as you live your best life. What's up, family? We are here back again with another amazing episode here at Empower to Excel podcast. The summer of 2022 is coming to a close, y'all. And what a summer it has been. I know that we kind of took a little break um, from our regular routine, um, but we wanted to make sure that we, you know, just just get out there and just enjoy the summer, the, the summer vibes to which we all hope that everyone had an amazing summer. And just as summer is about to come to a close, so is season one's podcast of Empower to Excel. Can you guys believe it? We are coming to a rapid close of season one. You know, um, Oprah Winfrey once said, it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, the ability to triumph begins with you. And this really teaches us that our background and our history, our culture doesn't really dictate how we triumphant um, become triumphant in life. And today's episode, we're going to be talking um, to my brother, my friend, uh, um, who his story alone is just amazing. You know, um, when I first heard it, I was like, whoa, bro, like you got to tell that story. And, um, you know, sometimes we don't know or we feel like we're alone in the things that we go through until we hear someone else with that same story and how they um, over how they themselves had overcome. Because even um, Albert Einstein once said, life is like riding a bicycle to keep your balance. You must keep moving. And that's the key to being successful. That's the key to overcoming. That's the key to thriving is just keep on moving forward. It it doesn't matter how many times that you fall, how many times that you may have stumbled, how many times that you may fail. You have to keep moving. Consistency has always been the key to breakthrough. So with that being said, um, I want to let you guys know that today's podcast, I feel like it is a it is a very special one because like like I said earlier, um sometimes we we go through things and we and we don't know you know that someone else came through and we're seeing you know the fruitfulness of you know black excellence <clears throat> you know um so without further ado we we're going to be talking about living the best you being authentically true to who you are. And I want to introduce to some and present to others, my brother, Sherlyn. Sherlyn? Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This is amazing. Oh, my goodness. For the opportunity to, you know, just, just share this time with you and just talk, you know what I mean? So grateful for this. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Most definitely. So I know you, but my guests do not. So can you tell um, my guests a little about who you are before we kind of dive into today's topic? All right. So first and foremost, I am a proud black man, right? I just want to <laughs> say, <laughs> I just have to say that, right? Proud black man, but I'm also from Caribbean descent. My family's from Barbados, the best Caribbean island in the world. Yes. I am a, yes, yes. I am a husband, a father. I am a financial coach as well. I live in New York. I'm a New York native. Um, just some things about me. And I am a man of Sigma. I am a member of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. So just some bullet points about, you know, who I am. I am 31 years old. I like to say 30 young because my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just leave it at that. I'm going to just All leave right. it at that. Yeah, let me just start with my beginning. Go See, ahead. I'm actually born in America, born in New York. Funny enough, my entire family was born in Barbados, but when they decided to have me, they decided New York was the best place. So then they came here Uh, and then we started out, you know, it was a one bedroom, small one bedroom apartment, nine of us. And we started out living in Harlem. Then we moved to Brooklyn and I pretty much lived all over the place. Right. But one of the things for me was 
I didn't necessarily have a stable household. I was, you know, the people that I lived with would switch. It was either nine people at a time or my mother and my sister's father. Then it transitioned to, you know, my, my mother and my stepmother and then my father and my youngest sister's mother and then my, my dad and myself and then until I eventually lived on my own. So I think because of that, I was exposed to different, uh, I, I guess, household rules, different different parenting styles, different um, ways of communication. And I sort of had to conform to it, you know, because um, I don't want to say it was extremely strict, but I, I didn't have as much flexibility as some of my peers would have. So I kind of just had to like fall in line for lack of a better word. And in that, I didn't feel like I really had a voice or if I in things, it would, you know, lead to, you know, repercussions that I definitely didn't want. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So I was just more so doing as I was told. And if something was bothering me, I kind of just kept it to myself in fear of uh, retaliation or it, it just may not go well for me. And I think that spilled into, you know, how I chose my friends, my peers, my community. I was more so always looking to fit in as opposed to standing out. And I did that for a significant period of my life. <laughs> like, right, 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 right. So a significant period of my life, I was doing that until I decided like, you know, it's easy to forget about Sherlin because he's always the type of person trying to blend in. See, you remember the people that stand out. And then for me, I was so anxious to I guess come out of my shell and just live on my own terms and just be the man that I know I can be or just want to be I mean I didn't realize until recently I took a look back and I was just like man you know certain things I would have done differently had I had the courage to just speak and just live in my truth or just be more vocal and you know, I think it changed for me when, especially when I became a father, like I am blessed to be a girl dad. You know, I have mm -hmm. a, I'm a father to a beautiful uh, toddler daughter, even mm -hmm. though she makes me grow gray hair by the day. <laughs> but, but one of my things is I don't want my daughter to feel like she can't speak when something is bothering her or she have to make herself small for other people to be accepted. You know, I want her to to be as vocal and, and obviously not rude or disrespectful, but I want her to live in her truth. I want her to be outspoken. I want her to be big. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And the best way I can teach her to do that is actually by living by example. So, you know, I think it's great that we're talking about being the best version of ourselves because that's currently the journey I'm on. Okay, so you mentioned earlier um, in the conversation about you having to kind of like to move around a lot as a child. What stability because i know that you know most people well some only experience that if they're like either homeless or like if they're in the military and they always kind of have to move like from house to house to house um but for you being someone of your background and stuff like what kind of stability did that give you you know growing up if any at all that's tough see i was moving around because it was like you know mom and dad split mom okay. you know met my sister's father they were together for uh, quite a bit of my childhood which was cool then they split you know mom and and stepmom got together they're still together thankfully and they're doing well um however i felt like at that point me and my stepmother didn't really get along and that caused me to move out and then live with my my dad and my youngest sister's mother and then that was just different so I was just bouncing around from house to house funny enough somebody signed my high school yearbook and was like you know he they called me the moving man because it was like every year in high school I lived somewhere else mm. so it was, it, it was funny because you know after school you have like your clique of people you will go home with you know, take the train in, in New York, you will have different train lines and you will walk with your friends and go home together. So it was like in freshman year, I would take one train line and sophomore year, I'll take a whole nother route to get home. And junior year, junior year, it was a whole nother route. And people were like, what's happening? I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't live there anymore. I don't live here anymore. I don't live there anymore. So they're like, damn, like, where do you <laughs> live? You know what I mean? So, um, 
in terms of stability and and speaking of stability you know friends you know a lot of my peers they would um live on their same block or they would probably only move like once so they're name that a vast majority of their life now i'm still cool with friends that i you know met since like junior high school but you know, I've been moving so long, I don't have that same relationship with them as they do amongst each other, because, you know, they live on the same block, and they've been living on the same block for many years, or even decades. Whereas for me, I was only there for a blip, or a small period of time before I was like, okay, next house. (laughs) So, you know, it was like, friends will always come and go, living situations come and go, and I had to be adaptive I guess and I think me being so well at adaptive I didn't realize that I was adapting who I was to the environment that I was in Mm. as opposed to having my environment adapt to me right so in so in terms of stability I shoot I, I I the most stability I had was like school the friends I had in school because you know you Lucky enough, I didn't transfer in and out of different schools. I was blessed to, you know, start and finish the same school. So those group of friends were like my consistent group. But, you know, once high school, well, well, you know, once elementary school is done, those friends go wherever they go. Then it was like, okay, next school. And I would, you know, create relationships with my junior high school friends. And once they went off to wherever they went off to, it was like, okay, we're done. Well, now next is high school. And we did that and then everybody went wherever they went and I still had a few friends but I was just like okay another phase of my life where I would have to adapt and start over from the beginning if that makes sense right 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 okay um so with that as so even into that because most most uh young people growing up that's when that's when they, they begin to form an identity of who they are, based on, and most times it comes from like family and what have you. But in your case, you didn't really have that. So, would you say that you had you had a struggle with your identity growing up because of like the moving around all the time? Yeah, yeah, I would say that. I would definitely say that because um, for me growing up, I mean, one thing that was constant. I love to play basketball or even just go outside, but love basketball but I was a very uh big on video games right so I would create my little small community we were like nerds and playing video games and and you know Pokemon cards and all that other stuff but you know of course growing up in a in, in Brooklyn that wasn't really as normal and as accepted as it is today so I would have those pocket of friends and then another pocket of friends would live a completely different lifestyle so it was just like okay to be accepted with friends that were outside just going to parties or probably even just in, you know, different gang activities or just living a different type of lifestyle. They may not accept the Sherlin that plays with Yu-Gi-Oh cards or the Sherlin that likes to draw or read and talk about Harry Potter books. Like that's not cool. That's socially acceptable. So then I kind of had to mute that Sherlin to become this whole different type of Sherlin and then, you know, go to school, you know, fortunately enough, I, you know, came across some friends that are really smart and took their education seriously. So it's just like, okay, after adapting to being outside, when I was able to go outside, I had to mute that Sherlin to then take on a more focus of like, yeah, I like education. And I felt like in different environments, I was always faking the funk because I was so concerned of, if someone would see a side of me, if they wouldn't like it or if they wouldn't accept it and I would have to, um, you know, find a new group of friends. And now as I'm talking about it, I think I was looking for that type of stability. Like, like, oh, I've been friends with this person since I was like 10 or whatever the case may be. And not just saying we're friends, but actually having that supremely close, tight-knit friends. Like my dad um he still plays soccer he's like old as hell but (laughs) he's one of those Caribbean people that's like listen if I could walk I'm playing soccer and he was telling me he plays soccer with his friends that he went to secondary school with you know what I mean and 
and they're really close friends. It's not like they're just, you know, associates or they just know each other. I mean, they know their their wives and their family and their siblings and that super tight-knit, you know, um, relationship. And that was something I think I always wanted, you know. And me, I'm the older brother to two sisters, you know. I mean, I'm blessed to have older cousins, but they live separate from me. And um, I always wanted that stability, that super strong, time-tested relationship with someone I could see every day and, and things of that nature. But, you know, it's always moving and changing. I always felt like I was so um, cognizant of the type of people I was around. And I was like, okay, to be accepted by them and what I see, I have to do what they do so mm-hmm. I could get those friends because I didn't want to be alone. So so how did you really, because it sounded like if, you were trying to be a chameleon in terms of like you adapted or you changed towards like the crowd that you were in to, to try to fit in. So it basically like you, you was trying to be all things to all men, you know? Yeah. Um, how, how did that impact you growing up? You know, especially like in your teenage years, like once you're not coming into a little bit more understanding of like, okay, I'm 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 a teenager and I'm I'm going to go through my teenage years, and you know we make a lot of dumb decisions in a, you know during during those years, um. But for you, because it's not like you're trying to please everyone, how did that impact you as far as like navigating, navigating I guess through life to to know what you want? Oh my goodness! Funny enough, I didn't even know what I want until like after I graduated college, which makes no sense. Oh, wow. Um, but for me, I was so worried about fitting in that, you know, I was the type of person that if my friend would say something I was either wrong or out of line, I wouldn't correct them. I wouldn't speak on it. I would just be like, you know, I'm not going to say anything because I don't want them to be mad or I don't want them to view me differently or I don't want them to distance me or anything. And I think for a long period of time, and even in the household too, it's not even just friends, it's like family as well. There are a lot of things I didn't agree with or, or whatever the case may be, I would just keep my mouth shut because it was like, okay, I don't want to get in trouble or I want to be liked, I want to be accepted. So let me not say anything, although it made me feel uncomfortable. And that affected me because even at work, even in working situations, um, I wouldn't stand up for myself. I would kind of just go with the flow and try to look at things in a positive light. And I am I am someone who preaches positivity, but looking back, I think it was like toxic positivity that I was doing before because it was like, I was trying to justify, you know, shrink, shrinking myself so other people would feel comfortable and say, oh, well, you know, let's look at it from a perspective when it's like, no because I still have to deal with the short end of the stick. I still have to deal with the burden. And, you know, um, it, you know, it caused me to not know what I wanted in life because I, I built this custom of always doing what other people wanted or just trying to be ex- accepted. And to be quite honest, that probably even led to anger issues. Mm-hmm. Like, I would be so annoyed, but I didn't say anything because I was, I I wanted to be accepted more than I cared about being annoyed. But, um, you know, of course, the more you hold things in and the more you don't say anything, I was like a, a soda can just being shaken up. Every time someone said something that I didn't like or did something I didn't like or go with something I didn't agree with and I didn't speak up, I would get a little bit more annoyed and a little bit angrier and a little bit just more until the point where I developed anger issues to the point where I get angry and I just explode and then everyone looks at me like oh Sherlin's a quiet guy why is he acting crazy now (laughs) you Mm. know and I I think that was a source or is a source for my uh, anger issues because for a long period of time I felt like I couldn't speak or say anything Mm. so that was that type of impact uh, that had on me okay um so I guess moving on to coming in, like, did you find that that you, I guess, growing up because you know you had anger issues and stuff, um, 
what what will be some of the other things because a lot of times what people most people fail to realize is is that is that is this we are so looking for validation from family and then when we don't get that or we don't have the stability we often find ourselves um having to go to many other different avenues whether it's sex whether it's drinking whether it's drugs whether it is um joining a gang whether it is you know just going out there just going out there and being a rebel did you find that you fell into any one of those categories oh absolutely absolutely you know um i was definitely um involved with a whole bunch of like gang activities um nothing that went to great detail about but i was definitely in that environment um, I was definitely drinking super young, <laughs> like super right. young for no reason. Um, and I think I said it in a way, like I know in New York, we will have the Labor Day Parade and, you know, the night before it would be Juve and, you know, social pressure. A lot of people will be drinking and like, oh, Sherlyn, are you drinking? Mind you, I'm not 18. I'm not even 21 or even 18. Mm. And I'm like, I try to put up this facade like, yeah, I could drink. Yeah, I'm a drinker, drinker. Yeah. <laughs> Knowing damn well, I, <laughs> that's not the life I, I live, you know, outside of being Caribbean and, you know, drinking a little wine cooler here and there. But I wasn't supposed to be drinking to the extent I was. Um you know, so just being involved in things that I shouldn't generally be involved with, you know what I mean? Um, even smoking, even smoking, although smoking is not bad now, I didn't enjoy, I didn't indulge in the activity for like health reasons, or I, I definitely didn't do my research before. It was like all my friends are smoking, and although I was anti smoking for a significant period of my life. After a while, I was like, you know what? Let me just do it. You know, mm-hmm. I see them doing it and my friends are doing it. And I just want to be more accepted. And it was funny because I remember when, you know, my friends were smoking and I was like, yeah, I'll smoke. And they was like, what? You don't smoke. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to smoke. I'm going to smoke. And then I did it. And it was like, wow, I felt more accepted. <laughs> it, was, it was weird enough. So, you know, I, I did some of those things to be accepted that I probably look back, I mean, don't get me wrong, I don't regret, that's that's one thing, I don't regret, I think, my past, because those, those life experiences and lessons mm-hmm. brought me to where I am today. Now, you know, obviously, there weren't all great memories and great experiences and great times, that's good and bad, it shaped me into the person that I am today into the goals, some of the goals that I want to have for myself and uh, for my family as well. So. So what I'm hearing a lot of is that you were really seeking acceptance in a lot of things that you were doing, which many of us do, even to, even today as, as adults, um, most, most of us still try to be, you know, in the who's who and, you know, even though even though we, we don't do it in the same way that we did when we were kids, we all still kind of want to be, you know, accepted. So at what point did you say, you know what, no, like I have to, like it, before I can have others accept me, I have to start to accept me and to love me for who I am. Like what was that breaking point for, for you? So, so, so two things, or, or rather one thing before I even answer that question in terms of the turning point, I actually think it's even worse now damn internet like social media so what i find is like because before you know growing up you didn't really have like social media the first exposure we had was like sconex i don't know if you remember that but we had cell phones and we had like groups and stuff but a lot of uh, peer pressure and, and acceptance just dealt with the people you would see face to face but now you know people see each other face to face but we rely on social media a lot and i think social media plays into a part of uh, a group think you know on different topics you know people want to speak on or not speak on or kind of just say vague things because they want to be accepted by the masses you know what i mean so i even think it was worse um but for me the turning point was um just exposure it was exposure it was like uh let's see let's see 
I would say it's around college time, around college and around the you didn't even know what I wanted to do. I didn't know much of anything. To be quite honest, I remember, you know, growing up, people would say, oh, you know, community college is bad and don't go to community college. So I would apply to a whole bunch of different colleges. One school gave me um, a full scholarship. Well, not a full scholarship, but one school accepted me. Um, and it was like, yeah, you know, you could just come, but it was it was a community school. And another school gave me a partial scholarship, but it wasn't a community college. And I went there despite my dad saying, you know, that's a little tight on money. I can't afford it. But I was like, oh, I don't want people to think, oh, Sherilyn is stupid because I'm going to a community school. And, you know, looking back, that was a, <laughs> that was a crazy decision. I think a lot of people do that. Mm. They have this negative uh, stigma with like community schools or those local schools. So they break bank to go to some of these high end these high name schools and you know it just leads to craziness so then I went to college didn't really know what I wanted to do I was like every other student in college I became a psychology major and I realized quickly that I did not want to be a psychologist but then I dropped out after a year and a half mm. you know I the first the first semester first year it was lit I was getting good grades I was I was amazing but because I wanted to be accepted I put my education at risk. I was, I remember times I would cut class or my friends would be like, yo, we playing spades in the kitchen. I will literally walk out of class in the middle of class to go play spades or do everything. And of course, naturally my grades would slip to the point where I lost my partial scholarship to the point where college was completely unaffordable and I had to take a step back. So, you know, when I dropped out, I was working at Starbucks full time Monday through Friday. And, you know, I would tell my friends or not even my friends, but, you know, the older people like, hey, I'm taking a break from college. And just the look of disappointment they had, like, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And I'll tell them like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna finish. And they looked at me still like, oh, I'm sorry to hear that because I'm sure they heard it before, but people always mm -hmm. say they will go back and never do. And then I kind of took that personally. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to prove you wrong. And I got back to college, but I was still seeking acceptance. But it wasn't until, um, you know, I got exposed to, um, you know, Greek life and just other environments. Because I know my best friend in high school you know, she went to um, college in Pennsylvania and I saw a different atmosphere, a different environment, you know, people having fun, like, oh, you could still have fun and be smart. You don't have to choose either or, you know what I mean? And, you know, you could join a fraternity, you could have the life, you could have the social life, the academic excellence, you could still work, you could still do many different things at the same time and be great at them. You don't have to choose one or the other. So I think those experiences shaped me. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to have the good grades. I'm a, I, I want to be around more positive, especially Black influences. So I sought out membership in a fraternity. And thank goodness I, I joined the organization and chapter that I did because, you know, I came across a group of dudes that, you know, didn't really care for stuff that wasn't you know, in line with their goals. And I think being in those environments, I was exposed to more. And because I was exposed to more, I wanted more. Mm. And I was just like, you know what? I, I just wanted to make changes. Cause I was like, I see myself, the way I was living my lifestyle versus the goals that I wanted was far too different. It was like, you know, I, I wanted to be that, that person, uh, uh, live a life of impact that person that would inspire other people, live a life of abundance, be uh, a wealthy and just be positive, but I'm still indulging in negative circles or doing negative things or just not taking care of myself. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I had to make changes in my life. And then as I got older, I was just like, you know, I still had fun in my twenties as much as I, I was more aware of it. I still had my fun. I was, you know, I still, chose fun over being produ productive in most cases in a lot of cases I won't say most but in a lot of cases I still chose you know to have more fun but as I got older as I continued to travel as I continued to meet people I was like wow like 
I could do so much more. What I, what exactly am I doing? You know? And then of course I'm a parent and I had to, you know, look back on my life. I, I became a parent in 2018 and I had to take a step back. And it's like, you know, if my daughter was much older than she is now, she's going to be four in a couple of weeks, but if she was significantly older, would she be proud of the type of person I am today? And for me, I was like, I don't think she would. So how can I expect greatness from her if I'm not even living greatness myself? And how can I be great if I don't strive to be the best version of myself? If I still allow other people to get the best of me, or if I still shrink myself for the people you know what I mean all the greatest leaders weren't uh conforming to their environment they were the ones that stood out they were the ones that were deemed weird until they weren't weird I had to take a step back and it's just like yo live your life live your truth people are gonna hate you people are gonna have something negative to say but the more you live in your in your truth and the more you strive to be the best version of yourself, more people are going to respect and accept that than people are going to hate on it. Mm. So let me ask you this question. Um, I guess having to go through like your entire childhood like that, um, now that you are an adult, do you like do you or would you say that you still struggle with like some of those um, areas as far as like still trying to be accepted still trying to be validated by society and or family or like have you found uh out who Sherlyn really is and you're proud of the man that you're evolving into I still struggle with that I'll be honest with you I mean I'm much I'm in a much better place now than I was like ago or even 10 years ago but I still struggle with it at in the pursuit of just being the best version of yourself or greatness or success or whatever that is, you're going to have, you might slip where you might regress, where you might do things. And to be quite honest, that encouraged me to seek out therapy. I have to accept that I need help. So I'm seeking help from my mentors, uh, my life mentors, uh, my, uh, my, my therapists, I'm actually going to therapy for my first time uh, later today. And that's, that's exciting and scary at the same time. Right. And then that's another thing. It's like, you know, stepping out of what you're normally doing or have been doing, it's a scary thing. Mm-hmm. But now I understand that you can't grow until you face those fears. I was the type of person that anything that brought me discomfort, I would avoid it by any means necessary. I don't like how that feels. I don't like how this feels. I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to just distance myself from the problem. And I realized that that's not the best thing. I have to grow through issues, not go around issues. You know what I mean? So I I love who I am, but I, I know there's another level. But in order for me to get to the level that level, I still have to, you know, confront things about me that I may not like or... I still have to address certain things in order for me to grow. So I'm much further than where I was, but I know I still have a long way to go because it's a journey. And I may, and the thing that I've come to acceptance is, you know, you can't just do one or two things and that's it. Boom. You're the best Sherlyn. Like, no, this is a lifelong journey. Of course. Now I'm a, I'm a, I'm a whole father. I'm a whole, uh, a whole husband. So that takes on a whole new light. Right. And it shines a whole new light on a lot of issues that I have. So um, it's it's just an ongoing a journey for me of self-realization and just being and even this. This isn't something I would have done before. I'm like, oh, no, me talking on a on a podcast. No, <laughs> no, I'm going to just <laughs> stick to myself. I'm going to just stay in my shell where it's where I feel protected. But it's just like, no, I can't reach scared and i'm letting that scaredness dictate what i do or don't do Mm. okay so basically the evolution of of you've taken everything that you've gone through in the past and you're kind of just using it to navigate 
your present to to shape a better um tomorrow um so what would you say to to someone who who may be able to identify with you whether whether they be male or female younger or older um what what advice would you give to that person to, to, to I guess overcome or to deal with, you know, even some of the, some other things that you're that you even mentioned because a lot of times most people don't mention this stuff because of pride. Pride pride is like one of the one of the one of the number one killers um, out there because a lot of times people they're afraid of he- that inner healing. You know, so many times, especially on social media, we always talk about being our best selves and we always talk about um, about just like, you know, self-care and, and everything. But one of the things in self-care is that a lot of times we don't deal with the like the hurt, the scars, the wound underneath the um, the like the wounds that we already have. You know what I'm saying? We don't we we don't we haven't really mastered how to turn our wounds into wisdom. So one thing I would tell someone that's listening is put yourself first. And I don't want to sound cliche or anything, but one of the things I had to come to terms with is I was putting so many people ahead of myself for so long. And I became invisible. Mm. You know, I was like, oh, if I do so much for people, they would invite me out. I'll be in there close knit, you know, whatever. And then I had to realize that, you know, some of my friends, they would go through different life events that was significant for them. Mm-hmm. And I would think all that I did for them and all that I sacrificed, they would include me in it. And I was just like an afterthought. So then it was like, what was the point of being a people pleaser if I'm just an afterthought? Wow. And I had to realize because I was a people pleaser, I became an afterthought. So, and then another thing is people are going to have something to say whether you do or you don't. This is true. If you do something, people have something to say. If you don't do something, people have something to say. So I think when it comes to you or, you know, yourself, be a little selfish and be unapologetically selfish Mm. because if you don't have the best if you don't have your best interest at heart nobody else will (laughs) like nobody else because one of the things i had to learn i was just like oh well you know if i'm always there for other people and i'm not saying don't be there for your friends absolutely you should be but i'm like if i'm always putting other people first or if i'm always being there for other people you know then they're going to be there for me but then the thing is, I became that strong friend for other people. But when I needed people, it was just like, oh, Sherlyn is strong. You got it. When I was hurting inside, when I felt like I was dying inside. Mm. And then when, and on the flip side, when I looked like I needed help, I was just the afterthought because nobody wants to help the person that looks like they need help anyways. So then it was just like, I, no matter what I did, as I grew up, I still felt lonely. I was in a, I was in a pursuit where I wanted to be accepted and just be amongst friends and peers and just be accepted. And I feel like in different phases of my life, I still felt alone, even in a crowd of people, because I was like um, minimizing myself too much. So I was just like, I just had enough of it, specifically because I didn't want my daughter to go through that. I don't want my daughter to feel like she has to be it uh you know lower her voice or minimize herself or be this people pleaser like no put yourself first as long as uh, obviously as long as you don't harm anyone or mistreat anyone or do wrong by anyone obviously always put yourself first you know and i say that unapologetically because i know my heart Mm-hmm. No one, no one would tell me that I'm selfish in the sense that I won't help people out because I'm always a given person. Um, I always look to do community service. I always look to give without expecting anything in return. I always work and act and be a man of integrity. Mm-hmm. But I am learning, especially now more than ever, that I have to be more selfish. I have to be comfortable with saying no to anything that I don't want to do or I have to be comfortable with speaking up 
with anything that I don't agree with. Now, of course, I'm not going to speak up every time because some things just don't need your energy. But I am more understanding that, like, listen, my environment is going to adapt to me or I'm going to just find a new environment. Yeah, 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 that's it. You know, because one of the things I don't want to do is I don't I don't want to reflect on my life 20, 30, 40 years from now and be like, damn, what do I have to show for being a person that was always there for somebody else and nobody was there for me or nobody checking in on me or what what do I have to show for always putting myself last and putting everybody else first, second, third, fourth and fifth? Wow. You know, and I don't want to have those regrets. So I was like, you know what? We only have one life. Life is short. Go for it. Whatever it is, go for it. Be the best version of yourself. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. Oh, yeah. I mean, so I I find this to be a very fascinating um, topic, you know, just living in your truth, being, being the best version of you, because so many times you know, we do things and, you know, there's some people that they, they like, they still struggle. That's, I, I think, and, and, and that's the crazy part is that they struggle and they're in denial about their struggle, you know, about, about the identity as a person. And I ain't talking about, you know, because uh, I know, I know when, when most people hear, you know, someone having, having, having to struggle with who they are, most people automatically think of like someone being gay or anything like that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just, yeah. just, 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 just knowing who you are in life, like your purpose um, here, here in the earth. Like, because there are times as to where people, they do good or they try to do good just so that people won't have anything negative to even say about them. You know what right. I'm saying? So right. It's, I... it's like that whole, I don't, it's, it's like a, a, a tug of war kind of okay well if i do this then people won't, won't say this about me so now that you are an adult would you say that even sometimes your act of service your, your act of service um like you feel like you're kind of like in your mind mentally like well if i do this people won't say this about me yeah no 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 i think for me i i just do acts of service because i always feel like if i'm in a position to help people just do it just because i mean okay there's so much negativity in this world be that beacon of light for somebody else that that can go a long way one of the things that my father taught me is like you know always pay it forward Mm -hmm. and that's not something i take lightly so i know there are people in this world that have experienced things worse than i have Yeah, yeah and you know i definitely whenever I can resources or knowledge or time or whatever the case may be no I always want to give back and less and less I'm thinking about others or how others would perceive me or whatever the case and to be quite honest for the individuals that are still struggling with like you know acceptance from other people you got to come to terms with like those aren't your friends like if if you can't be yourself without them just accepting you for you, those aren't your friends. They're only your friends as far as what you could do for them or how you make them feel. Right. But what does that say about friendship if, you know, they're not accepting of you? Yeah. And, and just, just going back, like, I remember just thinking about, you know, I remember I threw away all my Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh cards because I'm like, ah, this ain't cool. You know, I don't want people to laugh at me. I don't want people to judge me. And it's like, no, if they do all of that, those are not my friends. <laughs> True. And, and even family. I say that, for you know, I don't really have that issue to that extent. But that goes with family and friends. I think if if people are, aren't accepting of like what you like or they think what you do is weird or whatever the case is, those aren't your friends. You know, they though those aren't your friends. Find, find new friends. I think we hold on to the idea of the friendship as opposed to looking at what the actual relationship is. Mm. You know, we, we, we tend to look at, oh, this person is my friend and we're looking at that person as like, oh, we have the potential to be this. And every time they do something that is against our view of the friendship, it just makes us feel bad. But then we try to justify it 
like, oh, well, you know, it's this or it's that or whatever the case may be. And we, again, minimize our voice. And it's like, no, that's not the case. That person's just not your friend. And it's okay. You don't have to be friends with everybody either. You know what I mean? And if for people that you've been, you've been friends with for 10, 15 years, sometimes you grow out of friendships. And that yeah. was the case with me too. Like in my, and that, that was especially the case with me too. Because for me, it was like, you know, I want to be the best version of myself. So I'm reading more. Um, I don't have space for negativity or gossip or I can't stand gossip. Oh, my goodness. When people start talking about people, I just get irritated. And for me, it's like I had to identify some friendships that I grew out of. Mm-hmm. And I and I stopped caring about, oh, well, let me shrink myself so they won't like judge me or be mad at me because. I'm doing a disservice to myself. Mm-hmm. And you gotta, and sometimes you gotta ask yourself: Do you love you, or do you love them more than yourself? Yeah, um, I I think it's all a process because um, this is something that you know I feel like people can be able to identify with, but also too it's going to take layers because you know Rome wasn't built in a day, and a lot of times you you first have to want to change for you yeah above anybody else and above everything else you have to want this for you because sometimes i think the problem with some people is that um we want like like sometimes we are just captain save a captain save a person so it's kind of like i want to save you or save you and in doing so it makes us feel better about ourselves or our in life, but we, but we get so frustrated with issues and with and, and, and people not because of what they did, but we get frustrated because we allowed it because because deep inside we know better. Deep inside we know not to do this or not to say that, but yet yet somehow some way we still allowed it to happen and. It ain't so much having to having to forgive the other person. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes that's not the hardest part. The hardest part is is having to forgive ourselves for allowing this to even go on as long as it did, or even to happen at all. And absolutely, it's, and it's peeling back those like those layers to really be better. So. Man, this is this um like so so good. So I guess just in like final thoughts, like what what uh words of advice would you give to someone who is now coming into the fulfillment of like finding finding themselves, and you know just having to uh, progress. So I would say um, get better one percent every day. That's something that I've heard. And I, I, you know, I took to heart, you know, for me in pursuit of being the best version of myself, I had to identify what exactly was it that I want, or is it that I want? What is the best version of myself? What does that look like? Because I know it's easy to say like, yeah, I want to be a better version of me, but what does a better version of you look like? And when you do know what that is, write it down. You know, for me, I I could say one thing that I do now, I like to consider myself an avid reader, but that wasn't the case for a vast majority of my life. You know, when I was young, I was reading Harry Potter books and all of these different magical and fictional books. But then after a while, reading became a source of punishment. It was like, oh, you did something bad. You can't go outside, read a book, do this, read a book, read a book, read a book, to the point where I kind of resented reading and I only did it when I had to, like, i.e. go to school. But as I got older, it was like, wow, the more you read, you hear about other people's story as well. You hear about how people uh, how overcome difficult situations, and then they read. I know for me personally, um, I wake up every morning early. I would say early because it's early for me, but I wake up every morning at six o'clock in the morning, and I do my morning disciplines. That's where I'm filling my cup you know, so to speak, not literally, but one of my mentors told me, you can't give, you can't pour in other people's cup from an empty cup. 
So you have to make sure that you're filling your cup, doing things that you love, doing things that's going to enrich you, doing things that's going to improve you and develop you. So for me, I love to read. So I'm reading more and more each day and I read self-development things on I can do to maximize my time and efficiency. Um, I'm on a spiritual journey now, which was a, a whole nother topic of discussion we could get into, but now I'm finding myself back into the Bible and praying and seeing what that's doing for me, a spiritual and a emotional level where I can just not hold a lot in. It. I could just let go. I'm writing down in the journal. So honestly, my, my final thoughts is really just identify what it is that best version of you is and create an actionable plan on how to get it and be unapologetic about it. If you want to be the most in-fit person, all right, schedule some selfish time to do that. If you want to be a, a better reader, schedule selfish time to be a better reader. Uh, if you want to if you want to be that just loves to be positive, write that the top three positive things or the top three things that make you happy or make you positive. Your case down and then timing to just be for you and just understand as you mentioned Rome is built in a day so you just got to keep getting at it just keep chipping away and then soon you're going to realize wow you've grown so much you know so so that's my that's what I would say awesome well bro thank you thank you definitely thank you for um your insight um you will be back uh before uh season one ends again <laughs> um on a different topic um but I think that people can really grasp, you know, from, from what it is that you're saying and just, you know, finding you is find out what you want in life, you know, and then just, and then just basically, as you said, taking those steps to get there, you know, um, but just, but just knowing that it is one day at a time and that sometimes you're going to relapse, just like learning how to walk, like, when we were babies, you know, you yeah. take, take, take a few steps and then you fall. But even in, even in you falling, you continue to keep growing and becoming a better you. You know what I'm saying? Living in your truth that doesn't mean that, like, you won't fail or that you, or that you won't make mistakes. It's learning from them that even along the way, every, like, every wound becomes becomes you know, a step for you to become greater and better. So, bro, thank you so much for finally being a part of the Empower to Excel <laughs> team. It was yes. such a very liberating experience. So thank you once again. Thank you. Yes. Uh, Once again, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at empower to excel Tell your friends to download this podcast, like, comment, subscribe, and share your thoughts with us. Until next time, let's continue to spread positive vibes.